Hey, this is Scott. And Burke. From the Davis and Davis Show, the podcast for everything Ohio. Two guys who met at the University of Akron and have a love for Northern Ohio. We talk about everything from entertainment to motorsports to fine wine and spirits. Do you want to get a little insight on Northern Ohio from the perspective of two middle-aged men? Well, as we say, grab a beer, a glass of wine, sit down, relax, and listen. New shows every Thursday morning at 6 a.m. Eastern. Just go to www.redcircle.com slash Davis and Davis. Or find us on Apple Podcasts, Prime Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Check out our Facebook page at Davis and Davis. We're not a real law firm. And we just don't care. Welcome to the Burley Gunner Show. Welcome to the Burley Gunner Show. It's a Wednesday of the second week of the NFL season. I'm your host, Burley Gunner, and thanks for listening on the Cleveland Sports Fan Network, whether you're listening on the Apple Podcast or if you're listening at clevelandsportsfan.com, you're a dog. I want to get into a few things today, um, but let's start with, obviously, the NFL, and let's stay uh, with the Green Bay Packers, I was on them on Monday's show. I'm going to be on them here again today. But before we do that, I want to talk about a guy, Brett Favre. But some other people, I'm not going to talk specifically about Brett. I want to talk about just a, a group of athletes, all right? Brett Favre. Albert Pujols. Alex Rodriguez, Ladanian Tomlinson, Frank Gore, and hell, Cam Newton. What do all these players have in common? Brett Favre, A-Rod, Pujols, LT, Frank Gore, Cam the man, Superman. What do all these players have in common? Elite Great players at their respectful positions in their respectful sports. Hall of Fame resumes. Hall of Fame players. But they never know when to hang it up. They just don't know when it's time to hang it up. Brett Favre did it. My brother, he doesn't understand the greatness of Brett Favre. Why is that? Because he remembers him playing for the New York Jets. He remembers him playing in Minnesota. He doesn't remember the Green Bay era. Now, obviously, he's no dummy. He knows he played there. He knows that he was good. But he doesn't understand. He didn't see that. So what he saw was the Jets. A-Rod, I mean, dominated the league. Dominated the MLB. one One of the greatest Pure hitters, one of the greatest third basemen of all time in Major League Baseball. What happened to him? I mean, the last few seasons of that guy's career, he he was he he wasn't even worth putting in a starting lineup. Albert Pools, he's doing the same thing right now. Pools, in my opinion, is the is still in the league. Sole reason to get seven hundred home runs. LT. 
Went to New York. Didn't amount to anything. Was there for two seasons. Didn't amount to anything. And then Frank Gore, who, I mean, when my kids are old enough, Frank Gore will probably still be in the league. And they'll they'll say, Daddy, this guy, who who is this guy? Why does this guy play in the National Football League? He stinks. I'm going to say, well, at one time, that guy was a first overall uh Fantasy football draft pick. Yeah, believe it or not, he was. Um, Cam Newton. I mean, maybe it's too early to say this about Cam, or maybe it's perfect timing to say it about Cam. What's happening with Cam right now? His MVP season, his rookie of the year, his 15-1 and season, the Super Bowl appearance, lost to you know the, one of the greatest defenses in, in the Super Bowl era, that's being tarnished right now because of the last couple seasons in Carolina, the poor quarterback play in New England last year, and now being unemployed. So if Cam Newton comes back, say Houston, and takes Houston to what, three, four, five wins, and they miss the playoffs and Cam doesn't look good, it's not going to look good on Cam's resume. Now, I will say this. If Cam wants to move on and play for a different team and can excel and meet, you know, expectations of Cam Newton fans right now, which is high, high expectations, then then yeah, he can he can regain the discussion and not be on this list. But why do I talk about this list? Let's talk about the 2020 most valuable player. Aaron Rodgers. Yes, the 2020 most valuable player, Aaron Rodgers. Sunday, 15 for 28, 133 yards, two interceptions, zero touchdowns. He got outplayed by Jameis Winston, who threw five touchdowns. Five of them. He threw five. What is Aaron's motive? He has three MVPs, he has won a Super Bowl, and he is looked at, in most eyes, a top five quarterback of all time. But he's never passing Tom Brady. And that, I believe, is his motive. I think it's eating him alive. Does he have to beat Tom Brady? Is that what it is? Is that what this is about? The last thing Aaron needs is to finish like Brett Favre. Aaron's never passing Brady in Super Bowls. Never. He's never going to do it. That is obvious. Aaron Rodgers cannot play as long as Tom Brady. Tom Brady's seven years older than Aaron. Seven. And he's still better than Aaron. Is that what this is all about? Is Aaron's big deal? Is Aaron's big thing? I have to beat Tom Brady. I am convinced that it is more so beating Tom Brady and and sticking it to the Green Bay organization more than it is winning a Super Bowl. Now, obviously, winning a Super Bowl, um, if, if you do beat Tom Brady, is inevitable. It's probably It would probably happen. But let's look at let's look at the Super Bowl scenario. I'm not sure that 
maybe are we are we possibly giving too much respect to the Green Bay Packers? Because I'm going to be honest with you. I thought that this was going to be a domination year for the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers after the MVP season last year, after losing to Tom Brady in the playoffs, after they feel they should have won that game. Let's look at the schedule. Are we sure that they're going to be as dominant as we think? They just lost 38-3 to to the Saints. They put up three points to the Saints. The Saints. The New Orleans Saints. They get the Lions at home. So they go one and one. Let's say they go one and one Monday night football against the Detroit Lions at home. Then they go to San Francisco. And you know what happens when San Francisco gets to play Aaron Rodgers. You know what happens. Then he gets to play the Steelers at home. However, I don't know that the Green Bay Packers offensive line is going to be able to hold up with the front seven for the Pittsburgh Steelers, which might be the best front seven in the National Football League. Then they take a trip to Cincinnati. We just saw Cincinnati beat the Vikings, who are supposed to be next in line to win that division in Green Bay. In the uh, NFC North. A lot of people have... The Vikings competing with Green Bay. The Bengals just beat the Vikings in week one after Joe Burrow has been sidelined for almost a year. Then they travel to Chicago and play the Bears. An amazing defense. That game is in Chicago. Another great defense. The following week, they get Washington. See where I'm going with this? This is a trend. This is not an easy schedule. I'm not going to go on here and start predicting wins and losses, but my point is this is not an easy schedule. Following week, they go to Arizona. Aaron Rodgers, who put up three points against the New Orleans Saints, he's going to have to try to compete with the high-powered Fast-paced offense behind Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. The following week, he gets to go to Arrowhead and play the Mahomey and play the Kansas City Chiefs. This is not an easy schedule. I have not found one game, one game that is an easy cakewalk minus the Detroit game. And if they slip that one up, Man, it is going to be a long season for Green Bay. Then they host Seattle. They host Seattle. Russell Wilson. It's it's not getting any easier. I, I promise you, this schedule is not getting any easier until maybe the last game of the season. Next up, Minnesota. They travel to Minnesota. Division game, not easy. Minnesota is going to be competing for uh, for this division with Green Bay based on the schedule that I'm providing you right now. Guess what's next? The Rams. At home, granted, at home, but the Rams. Matthew Stafford, very familiar with Green Bay, is now in Los Angeles.
the Green Bay Packers are in trouble. They have, they are going up against exceptional defensive front sevens that are the O-line, in my opinion, quite frankly, cannot keep up with. After the Rams, now you host the Bears. Another divisional game. Then you go to Baltimore with that front seven. And another amazing front seven that they are going to have to go up against. That offensive line is going to have to go up against. The Baltimore Ravens. Next, you get a Christmas Day game at home against the Cleveland Browns. Again, front seven. Football. Defense. This schedule is daunting. They finish it up with the Vikings at home and the Lions on the road. Division games. There's not one gimme on this schedule after this next one, which should be a gimme following the uh, upset loss on the road at a neutral site, if you will. 38 to 3, you know, a piss poor performance. So this one should be the only one of the season that you can mark in. But after that, again, at San Francisco, home against the Steelers, at Cincinnati, at Chicago, home against the Washington football team, at Arizona, at Kansas City, home against Seattle, at Minnesota, home against the Rams, home against the Bears, on the road against Baltimore, at home against the Browns, at home against the Vikings, and they finish up with the Lions on the road. You tell me. Where is how is this? And and how did Green Bay improve? They re-signed Alan Lazard. That's what they did in the offseason. Green Bay's offseason consisted of arguing back and forth with Aaron Rodgers without talking to each other, and then re-signing Alan Lazard. Rodgers sat out because there were no weapons. Rodgers sat out because of the problems within the organization and the way that the organization um, was directionally headed. Love was the 26th pick in the 2020 draft. Aaron Rodgers told Aaron Andrews of ESPN that he was considering retirement over the offseason. So why come back? Why come back? Tom Brady, that's why. It's eating Aaron Rodgers alive, knowing that Tom Brady realistically was in a similar situation in New England with lack of weapons, missed draft picks, being cheap. Brady dealt with it. Brady dealt with it. And now he has seven Super Bowls. Yeah, maybe he went out on a limb. And maybe it's even more jealousy from Rodgers because... Brady went out on a limb. He won six Super Bowls dealing with the same crap Aaron's dealing with. And now he goes on to Tampa Bay. Super team. Probably the greatest team that he's ever been a part of. They just won a Super Bowl. Might do it again. Might go 17-0. Who knows? And it can't. It's eating Aaron alive. It's eating him alive. That's what this is about. Tom Brady is seven years older than Aaron. And without making a mock... Uh, Without making a mockery of the memes going on the internet right now, Tom simply looks better as a quarterback. He looks younger than Aaron Rodgers does now 
on the field playing as a quarterback as seven years older. That's what this is about. Aaron cannot stand the fact that Tom Brady just won his seventh Super Bowl and Aaron would do anything to get a rematch in the NFC Championship game and try to do it again, but we all know what the outcome would be. All right, so how about I throw a curveball? Let's talk about the NL and AL wild card hunt. We have a mess. We have an absolute mess of a wild card hunt, and it's going to be fun to see how it unfolds. However, I think any team that is not the Dodgers in the wild card hunt is in trouble potentially when coming the postseason. I'll make it short and sweet with the American League. Um, Not much I want to say. I want to harp a lot on the National League. But the American League, let's just start. I mean, there's five teams. There's five teams fighting for for two wild card spots. You got the Oakland Athletics, Seattle Mariners, Boston Red Sox, New York Yankees, and the Toronto Blue Jays. I'll get the Red Sox and the Mariners out of the way. They're in the middle of the pack, right behind the Blue Jays and the Yankees. Boston's a game out. The thing is, those two teams are going to finish up a series um, this afternoon at 4 o'clock Eastern time, 1 o'clock Pacific, in between, do the math. The Yankees, I mean, they're 3-7 and seven their last 10 games. They are, I've been saying this, they are a home run or bust team. They remind me of the Duke Blue Devil team, a lot of Duke Blue Devil teams, honestly, but the Duke team that lost to Lehigh in the tournament. There was a three ball or bust team. They're either shooting the three and making them or they're shooting the three and it's not going in and it's not a good recipe. They're going to lose the game. Yankees are the same way. When they're not hitting the deep ball, when they're not hitting the long ball, they're gonna have a they're gonna have a problem. Now they did have um, a tough stretch in that in that span of ten games. They lost two or three to the Mets. You know they played the Blue Jays. They did play the Orioles, and the Orioles took two of two two of those games. And th- those games were in New York, so inexcusable. The Oakland Athletics. Losers of seven of their last ten ball games. The Oakland A's, who just blew, what was it, six, six to one, six to nothing lead to the Athletics last night. They've lost ten to seven. Before that, they lost a series to the Rangers. Also losing games to the Detroit Tigers. We are in September. We are in September. The Blue Jays lead the pack. They, they, they've, they've, they've come roaring back. Roaring back. They lost yesterday to the, uh, to the Rays, but winners of eight of their last ten games. At 81-64, and 64, they lead that pack tied with the Yankees. The way I see it, exactly who gets in the Blue Jays 
and the Yankees. Let's flip to the National League. Now, I have a lot to say about the National League. (sighs) We have a few teams to discuss. The New York Mets, the Philadelphia Phillies, the Cincinnati Reds, the San Diego Padres, the St. Louis Cardinals. All of those teams are fighting for the right to play what seems to be the Los Angeles Dodgers, unless they happen to win their division and come back and beat the Giants, then it would be the Giants. But regardless, nevertheless, it is those five teams fighting for a spot to go on the road to California, whether it's L.A. or San Francisco, it's looking like L.A. You're asking for a lot from teams who, in September, are playing extremely, extremely poorly. Where should I start? Let's start, let's start with the Phillies. Let's start with Philadelphia. Philadelphia lost to the Cubs. Philadelphia were losers of eight of their last 10 ball games and lost the ball game again last night. Again to the Cubs. The Chicago Cubs, they lost three of four at home to the Colorado Rockies. They are losing ball games. Series, if I might say. They're losing series to the Marlins. This is a playoff team? This is a team that's that's supposed to be making a playoff push? Really? Really? The Philadelphia Phillies are making a playoff push. What about the New York Mets? They acquired Lindor. They acquired Baez, who's practically the same player. Literally, like besides the look and the name, that's literally the same exact baseball player. Baez doesn't switch hit, but that's that there's there's your only difference. The Mets. Losers again last night to the Cardinals. They also lost Monday seven nothing. To the Cardinals. After what seemed to be a subway series against the Yankees that they took two or three in an electrifying way in Sunday Night Baseball. Seemed to be that they were going to start making a postseason push. And now they lose two games to the Cardinals. Which, no disrespect to the Cardinals. They are in the driver's seat for that uh, spot in the wild card. But, I mean, what, what are we doing? They're, the Mets are losing series to the, to the Marlins as well. It's not just Philadelphia. New York is losing series to the Marlins here in September. And before that, they dropped two games to the Nationals. The Nationals and Marlins are at the bottom of that division. We are in September, and these teams are making a postseason push. 
They should be rattling off wins left and right. How about Cincinnati? I mean, goodness. This was the team that was supposed to catch the Padres, and they did. They did. But the team who is three and seven in their last 10 games, eight and 12, their last 20 games, with series losses to the Marlins, the Cubs, and the Tigers. Are we serious? Are we really talking about this team being a uh, a playoff team? I mean, if if they do, I mean, if any of these teams do, they get the Dodgers in a wild card game in L.A., reigning World Series champs, doesn't sound like a game they're going to lose. Who else do you want to talk about? The Padres? Sure. Let's talk about the Padres. Still my pick to, to squeak themselves right into the playoffs. I believe they will be there. I believe we will get a Dodgers-Padres showdown. And in my opinion, if you're a baseball fan, that's the matchup you should want. Not only is it a National League rivalry, however, that is the one team. Do I think they would win? No. But that is the one team that could upset L.A. in a wild card round. But hey, they're struggling as well. They are struggling as well. But let's just listen. Let's just hear the the month of September for the Padres. They had three games at home against the Astros. They had two games at home against the Angels. Then they go to L.A. to play the Dodgers on the road. And now they're currently in San Francisco playing the Giants. A very, very important series coming up against the Cardinals. Then they come back home to play the Giants and then the Braves. Then they go on the road again to play the Dodgers. Only to finish up again in San Francisco against, guess who? The Giants. It is not a very easy path. It's actually daunting. It is a very, very, very difficult path to the postseason. And, I mean, it it shows because the Padres, again, are struggling just like the rest of the teams in the National League in the wild card hunt. I mean, to be honest with you, if you if, if we go back to the American League, the Blue Jays, the Yankees, yeah, I mean, even the Red Sox, I mean, I don't see the Mariners, um, and I really don't see the A's anymore, but those three teams, the Red Sox, the Yankees, and the Blue Jays, more so the Yankees and the Jays, I mean, they could make some noise in in the postseason. And the best part of that of that is it's a toss-up. I don't think you you go Reds, Dodgers. I don't see the Mets beating the Dodgers. I don't see the Cardinals beating the Dodgers. I don't see any of those teams beating the Dodgers. You have a toss-up here in the American League who would then go on to play um, uh, maybe the Rays, maybe, you know, maybe the White Sox. Anybody in October, baseball, can be upset. I'm not saying it can't. But the American League is much more eye-popping to me because these wildcard teams that are in the mix, in the hunt, I believe are playing for much more than these teams in the National League. I think the Cardinals, the Padres, the Reds, the Phillies, and the Mets are all playing to, to essentially have a spot to lose 
against the Dodgers. They, they're they're, they're going to buy themselves a ticket to, to Los Angeles. It's going to be a great trip. They're going to lose a ball game, and it's going to be a fun time. That's just the way that I see it. All right, so Monday I talked about the AFC North, and daily, every day I'm going to dive into at least one of these divisions throughout the NFL week, um, week by week as well, just to try to fit it in, just to give my updated opinion on where we are in the standings. So I would love to start in the NFC West as all of those teams went 1-0, and and I predicted that to be the best division out of, out of the pack, but... We will turn our attention to the AFC West, where all four divisional teams, Raiders, Chiefs, Broncos, Chargers, all of them starting off the season at 1-0. and The Chargers beat the Washington football team. All right, there was a lot of speculation about how this ball game was going to go. It was the closest game uh, when it comes to betting terms on the money line. It was practically a pick 'em game in Washington. The Chargers took care of business, twenty to sixteen. Um, the Chiefs, obviously, they they beat the Browns at home, come from behind, win. They they obviously um, they they didn't look as good as as what they had in the past. However, they, they did look like a playoff team and, and they will be there and they will be leading the pack uh, of the AFC the majority of the way of the season. Um, I don't see, I still don't see them coming out of the AFC, but that's for discussion way down the line. We will be, we'll, we'll have much Kansas City Chiefs talk here on the Cleveland Sports Fan Network on the Burley Gunner Show. The Raiders. Probably the most impressive win um, when it comes to underdog status of the of the of the weekend. Actually, uh, uh, the, after the weekend, Monday night, the Raiders in overtime they beat the they beat the Ravens. They beat the Ravens thirty three to twenty seven. Again, the game went to overtime. They had to fight all the way back and come back into that ball game. And win it. Derek Carr showed poise. Um, he did throw an interception at the at the I believe it was the six yard line after a penalty that was setting setting them up at the at the one yard line, but threw an interception that was off of a helmet, um, kind of a fluke thing. But they get the ball back, they run a play, they kick a field goal, they win the ball game. The most the the the, the least impressive win, but in my opinion. Still an impressive win for the for the Denver Broncos going on the road to MetLife in the Big Apple, and they beat the Giants twenty seven to thirteen. Now the Giants did look like a um, a pee wee football team out there. That there was a clip that I saw on the internet. I didn't see this live in the ball game, but there was a clip that I saw where two Giants offensive players were blocking each other. I thought that was actually kind of funny. Um, I mean, but Danny Dimes, he, he threw 22 for 37, 267 yards and a touchdown, no interceptions, and the Broncos still come out with that ball game. I mean, Sterling Shepard, 113 yards, one touchdown. The Giants, or excuse me, the Broncos still come out uh, w- with the victory. So I thought that the Chiefs and the Chargers were going to lead the way 
I actually predicted the Chargers to win the division, uh, win the AFC West. So off to a good start, getting that first victory, which I actually had them losing on the schedule. So that's a, a positive sign that the Chargers are losing ball games that I thought that they would would lose. I still see them um, being that number one team and shocking uh, everybody in the NFL and and possibly holding the number one seed in in all of the AFC come come the playoffs. Um, the Chiefs, they're like I said, they're still right there. I, I think again, I still think they are going to take a little step back. I think they're they I think they're gonna take a little step back here and hear me out. First of all, it's obvious and it's been stated multiple times on this show. The Chiefs are declining. Now, yes, they still have the big three. They still have Tyreek, they still have Kelsey, they still have Mahomey. But, I mean, aside from that, they have no run game. The defense was suspect against Cleveland. They couldn't stop the run against Cleveland. Um, I think it's a problem. And when you turn to the schedule of the Kansas City Chiefs, it doesn't get it doesn't get much e- it doesn't get much easier. I mean, next week in week two, Sunday Night Football against a pissed off. Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson on the road in Baltimore. That's not easy. Then they come back home against the Chargers. Definitely not easy. Definitely not easy. Then they get the Chiefs, or excuse me, they get the Eagles on the road. Now, I do predict them to win this game. I think that this is a very good uh, spot for the Chiefs. Andy Reid going back to Philly. Uh, that's a beautiful spot on a on a Sunday afternoon in Philadelphia. But still, not a walk in the park. And the Eagles are going to play up to that game. You know they will. They get the Bills at home. They get the Washington football team on the road. That's a that's a front seven that they don't have to deal with aside from the Chargers in that division. That is one of the best defenses in the National Football League. In the NFC, at least, Washington. After that ball game, they head to Tennessee. They play the Titans. We finally get to take a breath. Finally get to take a breath, but they put it on a Monday night football game. Which, you all know, when the lights are on, and the cameras are on, and the public is watching, everybody in the world is watching on a Monday night, that could be the one of the Giants' best performances. So, as as much as I would like to stamp the Chiefs on an easy victory right there, I still can't do it. And I haven't found one yet that you can just stamp the Chiefs an easy victory. They host the Packers next. Then they get a divisional opponent on the road. They go to LA, or they go to Las Vegas. They play the Raiders. Then they come back home, they get the Cowboys. Now this one, by the time December rolls along, I don't see the Broncos putting up much of a fight at all. The Chiefs should roll them at home on a a 1 o'clock afternoon game. That should be an easy victory for the Chiefs. That That just should be an easy victory for Kansas City. There it is. They get the Raiders again, so... There, there's possibly two more. But then they go to L.A. and they play the Chargers. 
home against the Steelers the following week, at Kansas City, and then at Denver. So the final two games of the season, and a, a couple games throughout the season, you can you can probably put in as as quote unquote chalk wins. But I mean, it ain't easy. It it is definitely not an easy schedule. Like like Aaron Rodgers, we talked about earlier in the show. The Green Bay Packers, not an easy schedule. And now looking at the Kansas City Chiefs, they do not have an easy schedule at all. To be honest with you, the Chargers schedule, you'd think it would be about the same. Really, it's much better. The spots that they play teams is a lot better. They play teams that that Kansas City doesn't that does that Kansas City doesn't have to. The Chargers next week will go at home, home opener against the Dallas Cowboys 1-0. Then they play the Chiefs. Not a very not a very easy start to the season when you got the football team, the Cowboys, and the Chiefs. But if you win two of two of three, you are in the driver's seat when you have the Raiders at home, home game, but it is Monday night. And I will tell you right now, that's a that's a ball game the Raiders could win. That is a ball game the Raiders with John Gruden on Monday Night Football could come into L.A. and beat the Chargers. They get to play the Browns, but they play the Browns at home. And I know Kansas City played the Browns at home, and, the, and, and, and Kansas City beat the Browns. But again, you're not doing the you're not doing the Chiefs any favors. Could have sent the NFL could have sent you know the Chargers on the road to Cleveland could have helped out Kansas City, but it didn't. They do play Baltimore on the road, same as Kansas City. They get the they get the Patriots at home. They go on the road to the Eagles. They get the Vikings at home. They get the Steelers at home. Then they go on the road to the Broncos, Bengals, and they get the Giants at home. So on the road to the Broncos, Bengals, and Giants at home. And this is late um, November, early December. We're talking after Thanksgiving. So, I mean, Broncos, Bengals probably won't be, you know, worth a rip when when we get to this time of the year. You, you get them back-to-back on the road. So, in my opinion, getting those two teams on the road, much better than being scheduled at home because you want to get those games like the Chiefs, which would be after the Giants at home. So, they have a three-game stretch in the end of uh, November, early December, where they will go up against the Broncos on the road, Bengals on the road, and the Giants at home. That smells like three wins in a row. Not to mention, the week before they play the Broncos, they get the Steelers at home and the Vikings at home in two teams that I don't see uh, being worth a rip at all when it comes to the time of year that we are speaking about. After the Chiefs uh, game in L.A., the Chargers get to go to Houston. They finish up um, with the Broncos at home, and then they go on the road to Las Vegas. So just just hearing it, just, just looking at it, reading it with my own eyes, it just looks better for the Chargers. I think the Chargers' depth is much better. I think the Chargers' overall team is much better. And if Justin Herbert can, can uh, play... Not He doesn't have to play equal to Patrick Mahomes. He doesn't have to be better than Patrick Mahomes. 
But if he can play anything remotely close to what he did last year, Justin Herbert, I think the Chargers are definitely going to walk away um, with that division, uh, not by a big margin. The Chiefs will be there. The Chiefs will win ball games. They are still a good football team, and they will win a lot of those tough games. But I'm just giving you, I'm just giving you the facts. It's not an easy thing to do. And another thing, last thing I will say about it, and then we, and then, then we will say goodbye. These teams, the Chiefs have a, they just, they have a target on their back. They have a target on their back. They've been the, the talk of the league for three years now. The Chargers haven't. The Chiefs have. So believe it when you when when I say that the teams that the Chiefs play that are similar to the Chargers, the Chiefs are going to get the better games from those teams. I promise you that. Those teams are going to come ready to play. It's the it's the Duke basketball effect. It's the it's the New York Yankee effect. It's the the want to be great, the want to beat the greats. That's just how it is. That's how it, that's how it is. That's how it will be. That's how it's always been. The team to beat is the Chiefs. It's not the Chargers. It's not the Chargers. The Chargers. The Chargers are playing with house money. Chargers are playing with house money right now. The Chiefs. Everything relies on them winning the division, getting back to the Super Bowl, winning the Super Bowl. It's not how it is in L.A. right now. All right, it was a good show. Real good show. Uh, thank you all for listening. You guys are my dogs. You, you already know that. You guys are my dogs. Um, whether you're listening on Apple Podcast. Um, on the Cleveland Sports Fan page, or if you're listening on ClevelandSportsFan.com. Again, you're a dog. I love you. I want to give a shout-out real quick to the guys at ShowMeTheCovers.com, Midwest Mike, and Sharp Dimes. Uh, the merch is now out. The Show Me The Covers tees are fire. I'm wearing mine right now. Um, the product is just amazing. The fabric is amazing. The, they really spent some time on it. You're not getting, you know, generic uh clothing line material you're you're really getting top of the line stuff um units over everything again shout out to my guys over at showmethecovers.com midwest mike and sharp dimes again thank you for listening and um keep an eye out for the bonus segment to the burley gunner show burley's bets and also at five o'clock eastern um, 2 o'clock Pacific on the Cleveland Sports Fan Network, clevelandsportsfan.com, and the Cleveland Sports Fan page in the Apple Podcast app. You can catch the Scott Roundtable tonight at 5 o'clock Eastern, 2 o'clock Pacific on the Cleveland Sports Fan Network, clevelandsportsfan.com, and again, the Apple Podcast Cleveland Sports Fan page. We'll see you tomorrow. Burley Gunner Show. 